This is episode 276 of the Gold Squadron Podcast. I'm your host, Dion. My first grader had an hour of homework today, Morales. And today, I'm joined by Marcel, South Canada for a year, Manzano. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll talk about it more. But congratulations to uh, Cam and Canada and everyone up there. So, bravo. Will, I can do this all night. Hey, Gwood. Uh, until my internet has maintenance during a stream game. How embarrassing. And Ryan, extra crispy, newly flavored, Stanazuski. Yeah, apparently being crispy comes in different flavors, and it turns out they're pretty good. All right, so uh, a couple announcements and news. We do have a special guest we're going to get to here in a minute, but um, a couple of things happened over the weekend. First, Canada did win the XTC. They were on top. Uh, Team USA ends up in fifth place, if I'm not mistaken. Now, today we're going to be focusing on our Galactic Championship qualifier, and guests from Team Canada will be here next week to talk their trash in person. So they'll get their opportunity to do that. But honestly, being able to pick their brains and talk to them a little bit about the XTC. But today we're talking about the Oricon Galactic Championship Qualifier. If you follow, if you want to follow along, uh, you can do so by going to our Gold Squadron Podcast website and then going to our Galaxy results because we're going to kind of start there um, with our bracket and our champion... Christopher Patrick, a.k.a. Crispy. How's it going, my friend? I'm doing all right. How about you? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good, man. So so you just woke up this year was like, I'm just going to go around and collect some trophies. This is my trophy. <laughs> this is my trophy. Um, Pretty much. Um, I made a New Year's resolution because I, I was doing a whole bunch of the online stuff, and I, I wanted to win one. I said, I'm going to win one in 2021. I had made a top four, a couple top eights. Um, and I, I, I think it's just, you know, gotten into a nice hot streak. And I'm hoping this continues up until uh, Worlds in March. So there you go. I'm just going to keep winning. That's my plan is just to keep winning. I mean, it's a good strategy, sir. Exactly. <laughs> so, for those of you who don't know, he was is the current, the reigning Kyber Cup champion. He won our first Galactic Qualifier, Sullust, and now has won the third one, the Oricon uh, Qualifier. Um, and with, notably, in the in the in galaxies two different lists in two different factions which i want to pick your brain about that uh here in a minute but let's just start by can you tell us what you flew yes yeah, so for which tournament orcon uh for orcon yes. yes so i had uh the mandalorian with mm -hmm. predator juke fenrau crew the child uh jamming beam greedo and the razor crest title Mm -hmm. uh, Cad Bane in the Rogue Class Starfighter with Ion Cannon, Jamming Beam, uh, False Transponder Codes, Contraband Cybernetics, the Xanadu Blood title, which uh, added uh, Zuckus and Ion Bombs. Then you had Manaru with Notorious, Jamming Beam, Gar Saxon, Overtune Modulators, the Punishing One title, and R5P8. And then finally, rounding out the list in the Hawk 290 is Gamut Key with Protector Gleb and Deadman Switch. 
All right. So he, here, here's a question. How do you get less bad at, at, at this building? Because I'm terrible. I'm terrible at it. So my, but my, my, my joke there leading is, was this like, was this your idea? Is this, was this a playoff of something that you saw? Kind of what was the evolution of this list? Um, so I've been messing around with a lot of scum recently, just trying to find out what fits. Uh, so all basically all of my scum lists start with Gamut Key. I think he's one of the best support ships in the game, and especially with a lot of your scum tanks out there that can take multiple um, green tokens in a turn, like a Focus, Reinforce, Evade, um, or Stack Calculates. He's very efficient at just loading up one guy and just sending them in, and they're basically a tank for that first couple engagements. And then after that, he's just a consistent coordinator and can hold other uh, tokens around. So I had a, when I went to Gen Con this year and I met you guys, uh, my backup list was Emon over Mando with Cad, Manor, and Gamut. And so I would have the Electro Proton Bomb on Emon. And if, you know, uh, Gamut does his stuff to hold tokens, but if anyone got disarmed, I would use Gamut to hold that disarm mm -hmm. for an additional turn. And so I just thought that that was a cool concept. Uh, using, you know, uh, the Ion Cannon on Cad Bane to pass out extra red tokens, stress, strain, powering up Manru for a four-die gun. Um, so I really like that combo. Um, it was just that, you know, after the bombs of Emon, he really didn't have much firepower because all of his uh, loadout value went into those bombs. So I started looking at other seven-pointers because Scum has a lot of great seven-point ships. Mm -hmm. um, you have Bosk, you have Rook, you have Mando, you have all the other fire sprays that aren't Boba. So <laughs> true, was, true, true. Yeah, so I was just messing around, and the one thing that Mando stuck out to me was that he was I-5. All the others were I-3 or I-4. And in a world where Kylo's really cheap, Obi-Wan's really cheap, um, Luke is everywhere. I wanted to have an I-5 to at least contend with those a little bit. Maybe not win every single matchup, but at least have the ability to maneuver and potentially uh, combat them. Or at least, you know, not have my opponent know exactly what I'm going when they go to reposition. Mm -hmm. So having that I-5, and once again, being able to have that focus and evade that Gamut can basically stack up and shove them in there as like a very efficient face tank. Um, very difficult to kill. I can generally get, you know, the focus evade. He evades again. Um, and it's very difficult for opponents to deal with him quickly. And he's a three-die gun that slaps. Three-die gun that slaps. That's... <laughs> Couldn't have said it better myself. Like, I know, like, for, for myself, like, I had been struggling to see um, the, the combo that was needed to make the scum version of Cad Bane, like, really work. And when, when I saw you actually make it happen when you did like there was like Fenrau shenanigans happening combining with Cad Bane, I was just sitting there going, what? Well, it was just this incredible combo wing, is what I'm going to call it, to make people just sad. <laughs> um, well, I think right now, uh, Scum Cad Bane is probably one of the you know NBE ships out there because he's you know pass you know not passively, but he's actively putting negative things on your ships. Right. Kind of reminds you of like Ensnare Nantex. Um, where, you know, if he simply gets within range or hits you, 
he's just passing off all of those negative tokens. And Fenrau Crew was actually probably one of the biggest game changers that I had. Um, I originally was experimenting with L337 on Mando, just consistent blue maneuvers across mm -hmm. the board. Um, and then uh, was I think it was Sandy from Hexile Gaming recommended mm -hmm. Fenrau because Fenrau could then also support everyone else because it's not just for your own ship. And then from there, it was just like a light bulb moment where I'm like, oh man, I can have, you know, like Cad Bane has those red repositions, you know, boost and barrel roll. He can focus boost into range one and then ditch the stress and get Zuckus and then hit it again. And it was just such an effective combo that I could just keep that rolling um, all game long. And as long as they were at least, you know, I mean, range two is a pretty big bubble, especially on a medium based ship. Mm -hmm. So they could just combo and they could just keep shooting. It was really, really effective and a lot of fun. That's awesome, man. Yeah, it was it was fun to watch. Uh, if you haven't watched, the archive is, of course, on our Twitch stream, and they'll be coming to YouTube soon. Um, now, Will, Marcel, Ryan, feel free if you have any questions you want to throw at him. I know I have a couple of fun ones, uh, some related to the tournament, but if you guys want it, if you have anything front of mind, let me know now before I continue. Well, Hit actually, it, Ryan. Let me... Let me... Oh, Marcel, uh, Marcel, go for it. Yeah, I raised my I hand. Marcel interrupted. He's a bad student. <laughs> no, it's fine. I saw Ryan's hand. I'm not in the honor. I'm, and it wasn't going to be a question for Crispy yet, but I just saw that you put it on there. I was going to ask for the actual list itself, but now I see that you've had it on the board the whole time. The whole time. I got Always there. in class. So let me, so let, let, let me do my backup homework. <laughs> go yeah. on. Okay. Um, so I got to ask a, a, a starting funny one. Were you watching GSP two weeks ago when I said be, watch out for Gar Saxon Gunner Scum and that should be one of the next big cards to show up that no one's really using? I do remember you saying that. I believe, I'm not sure if it was you or someone else, but did you go on Hexiled and say that Scum Cad Bane is one of the worst performing ships in Scum? It was one of the worst performing ships. It was. It was. <laughs> it was. Yeah. Clear. Yes. Yeah. And so uh, this leads into maybe more of a, a more serious question then. So when you look at that Scumcad, it's um, it's it's a lot of control piece, right? You have the stress passing. You have a lot of ion giving. Obviously, some of the ion giving can stack more than necessary. Mm -hmm. That can power up Manaru. Maybe you can speak to other things that that Cad Bane can do in that in this list, maybe on an objective scale, or also just in interactions beyond, like you mentioned, the Fenrau helping Cad Bane. But you ever did you ever feel like Cad Bane was ever a liability on the offensive generating standpoint? Like where did it where did this Cad Bane compensate for that? Because you don't have like I commonly see Cad Bane's with Ion Cannon and HLC. So if you do get that bullseye, it's a really dangerous one with dead to rights. But yeah. maybe you can explain how you where where some of the gaps are filled and maybe some of the lack of offense he can bring uh yeah so uh cad bane's role in the list is not really to be that overwhelming damage dealer um he had to fire his primary for extra damage maybe three or four times in the entire tournament but what he's there to do is to basically pick my or pick one or two ships and just lock them down so he's got ion cannon and ion bomb so I did toy between ion bombs or heavy laser cannon for that extra um, offensive, you know, having 
dice to do damage. Um, but what I found is a lot of people, when they see that CAD, they generally just tend to disrespect them, and they'll like take their Poe or Luke and they'll just line them right across. So as long as I can, you know, get that ion cannon going and I have false transponder codes, I can take off mods, um, and I have ion bombs, so I can, if they're ever choosing to joust CAD, or, you know, I can just set CAD across from whatever I want him to slow down, he hits them with an ion cannon, he doesn't even need to ion because he'll stress himself with Zuckus and pass the stress, so that will still slow them down. He drops an ion bomb behind him, um, and in a couple of my games, he was able to hit someone with an ion cannon, drop an ion bomb behind him, the ship does the ion maneuver, gets ionized again. Meanwhile, Cat has done the 5k behind him, and now immediately he's accelerating to another shot. So it's an ion cannon into an ion bomb into an ion cannon, and that is basically one piece of mine, uh, of my opponents, that is locked down for the rest of the game. Because now Cadvane is trailing them with mods, passing off stress and ion, and if you're, because I think this happened in my top eight, where I hit a Poverdrive with Ion Cannon into the Ion Bomb, that ship was out for the rest of the game. Um, and a couple other instances where he is just there to slow down and harass, and he can be as squirrely as possible. Uh, the Decloak 5k catches a lot of people off guard, being able to, you know, take more than his pay grade, because uh, in the final, like, two strikers just came right at him, mm -hmm. just went right past him came around and basically just locked him down until the rest of the list could get there. So he is not there to do damage. He is there to stall as much as he can. Now, so, go ahead, a control A control bane, if yes. you will. Uh, my question is in reference to Gamut Key. You're talking about uh, keeping those uh, nasty uh, weapons disabled tokens uh, on ships in a different build. Uh, were you able to get anything good uh, held on the opponent in during the tournament? Any uh, Seventh Fleet Gunner disarms or anything like that? Um, there was one time where I went up against a Seventh Fleet Gunner, but there were Jedi screaming down at Gamut, so he had to quickly focus on getting himself out of there um, yeah. instead of trying to lock down the weapons disabled. Plus, it's a Seventh Fleet Gunner lat. It's probably just going to take the weapons disabled again on the next turn. So not much of a point of keeping that. Um, but, I mean, yeah, it's orange and green tokens are the ones that he keeps. Uh, mostly it's keeping uh, Mando's Evade, keeping that Juke alive, so that way he can uh, keep locking or focusing, depending on how much force he has. Um, and then in the rare occasion, uh, keeping green tokens on Manaru, preventing her from getting strained from overtune modulators. So I can, you know, keep that up for a little bit. And, you know, if Manaru's not in trouble, she can, of course, ditch her green tokens over to someone else, and Gamut can hold them on that person as well. Uh, yeah, because you could get, uh, you can get focus evade like turn one with mana room, uh, like and another ship. I guess you can coordinate them though too. Yeah, generally mana wasn't close enough at range one, sure. um, so it was uh, gamut coordinates the focus and passes the stress. Uh, then Mando does a blue maneuver like a three or four straight, ditches that stress, then gets the evade and the focus and the evader held. 
Um, if mana is close enough, I could pass a focus so I could hold focus, focus, and evade. Um, but that was generally not necessary because he's already got force. So once I stack up tokens high enough, my opponent's going to look at him and go, I'm not even going to try. <laughs> Fair. That's a valid strategy. Just make people sad. <laughs> it's like, I, I don't know what to do. Um, now, one thing that we talk about always is, of course, uh, it takes skill to win a tournament. But it also takes a little bit of luck. So what I would like to know is I want to know about those parts. What, what, what were the moments that happened during the tournament where you went, well, that went my way, and it maybe, you know, helped give that little extra push? Yeah. Um, so I do like gambling a lot, especially on the road roll. Um, I'll make big, big moves, big, you know, basically all in on getting a certain road roll one way or the other. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes it paid off. Um, like in the final, the decloak into the 5k on CAD to, to get behind the strikers early. That doesn't happen if he doesn't move first because Sabaka is sitting right where CAD needs to be. I either bump and the strikers just go right by and bomb CAD, or I can, you know, fail the 5k because I'm still stressed and then I just you know kind of put myself in front of the striker so I'm either on the front end of two strikers or I'm on the back end of two strikers um, and there were a couple other times where it was a lucky ion cannon shot from Gad you know range three needs the hit in the ion to go through uh, I believe in the top four I went against a Vader defender like the classic Vader defender and five ties um, had got two ion cannon shots with the ion onto vader and pushed him outside of the center for chance engagement and that basically was the game if i don't get the ion then that doesn't happen but it was basically naked dice versus vader's naked dice and two got through so, so yeah i wanna so it does take luck to win a major tournament right or yeah. even not just a major tournament it takes luck to win a certain number, you can be a small tournament, but it could still be like a small tournament with seven, eight, you know, nine rounds when you consider the cut. But um, it's not just luck. Like, luck's not going to do it. It's, I think, you know, one of the things that Crispy just said that it, it's, it's, it's luck knowing the consequences of the risk that you're taking. And I think that's where you have the combination of luck and the skill. It's, it's like that risk assessment. It's knowing like, okay, if it doesn't go this way, this is the consequence that I'm gonna face and I have to be willing to face that. And, and it's understanding that consequence and understanding what you're gonna do uh, to try to come back for that consequence. Or even if it's at the end of the game where it's there's no consequence after, is, is knowing um, the risk of, if I don't take this risk, then the possibility of me winning is zero. So this is like my best opportunity to win, where you see a lot of games on stream where, um, uh, you know, somebody makes the safer move, but, you know, it's, it's the end of the game, so the safer move is just going to keep it close, but it's not going to give you the opportunity to win. So luck is a big factor of it, but it's also understanding... Um, the consequences if the luck doesn't go your way, you know, what are you going to do to to mitigate the amount of downside that you get from it? So so there's like a little bit of uh, it's luck, but it's also calculated luck, I would say, in most situations. 
Calculated risks, right? Yeah, so, so, sometimes it, it's just literally luck, though. Sometimes it's like, <laughs> I'm shooting you with my TIE fighter with two dice, and you're, 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 you're cloaked <laughs> behind the cloud with a focus grenade, and that one damage comes in. So, yeah, sometimes you do get those, but for the most time, it's, it, it's calculated. So, I got a, a great so, question wait, from wait, John sorry. in our chat. Just let me uh, ask one more question no. before, because okay, that was go just ahead. A, a I got a follow-up. So I'm just curious with the um, with the Razorcrest title, was it always false transponder codes, or did you ever not take false transponder codes as far as the you know what was hidden under that card? So let's let's just take a second. What is uh, crispy? Can you remind for maybe somebody who's like I don't know what the Razorcrest does. What what is what's the the sneaky thing you got there? Yeah. So uh, at the start of well. At the start of uh, setup, I believe it is, I get to hide one illicit from my opponent. They don't know what it is. It's a non-limited illicit. And then during the system phase, I can reveal it, and it is then attached to Mando. Um, so I would generally swap between uh, false transponder codes and contraband, depending on how often I thought that Mando was going to need to stress himself again. Uh, Fenrau crew, excellent stress removal. But on those turns where it's, all right, I need to do a 5K and I need to roll off of this, um, I'm going to need that contraband. Um, I think I took false transponder codes once, and I took contraband the rest of the times. Okay. All right. Will? Uh, yeah. So, uh, like I said, John brought up a good point. Uh, you did take a loss in the tournament. Uh, who did you lose to? Uh, I or lost, what list, rather? Yeah, I lost to Justin Williamson. He was flying Boba, Emon, and Kanan. Mm, okay, okay. Uh, is that a typical list that you would have problems with? Where's, where's, tell us the, the secret weaknesses of this squad. Um, so generally, the I don't, I don't say it's a weakness, more on a strength of the opponent. Because in order to beat this list, you need to look at it and immediately recognize what it does. And you need to understand that you cannot shoot Mando or Manaru in the first couple rounds. And that's what he did. He had Boba dive bomb on Cad Bane, and he used his Cad Bane crew on Emon to get around Manaru and have his Emon start eating away at Gamut. Because you don't want to take shots into Mando, because he's just going to roll two of eights. He's got all the tokens in the world. And you don't want to shoot at Manru, who's going to notorious you and hit you back with double knots. So you go after the squishier targets in the back that can't, that aren't as punishing if you shoot them. I mean, Cat has ion bombs to scare people from chasing him. Gamut has dead mans, but those are two far better options than trying to go face to face with Mando or getting notorious from Manru. Um, I made a couple minor mistakes with Manru. I got her turned around on the wrong side of the board, and she basically didn't have any good shots. Um, for like two or three rounds. Um, he completely outflew me with Emon. Uh, very unpredictable. Uh, I thought he was going to try to block Mando, so I 5k'd, and he just completely turned around the other way. So Mando and Manu are not having good shots early, and he made a good analysis too. All right, we're going to just completely ignore those two. Let's go after Cad Bane. Let's go after Gamut. And that's what he did. All right. Turns out it worked out for him. Uh, and then a uh, follow-up question. Did you ever face uh, the double-chaffed foe list 
Ooh, so for reference, for people who don't know, that's the list that Crispy won the first uh, Galactic Championship uh, qualifier with and also did really well at um, Gen Con, the in-person tournament with. Um, funny enough, I did. Um, it was it was Kylo, Scorch, Malarus, Dread Grudge. Um, I think the only change was he had sensor scramblers on Kylo instead of advanced optics. Um, and that was also in... That's South the wrong Ridge. choice, by oh, the yes. way. I'll take uh, your optics. Yeah, t t take <laughs> the optics, have your consistent mods all the time. Um, but yeah, I did end up flying against that, which I thought was really funny. Now, speaking of uh, bringing up the objectives, so when you spent however many games or time you spent with the scum list now, what did you analyze as your objective advantages and disadvantages? So I think the clear advantage is um, assault, having those medium base, medium and large bases that I can just shove out there. Cad's very fast, he can get to those objectives, and Gamut also being very slow can just circle around an objective and he's completely fine with it um i actually found out that my list is really good at salvage uh gamut picks up a crate early uh manru thanks to overtuned can have her defensive modifications and then spend her action on the salvage which is really helpful um and then i believe on one of the stream games tad was able to zoom basically down to the far side of the board and pick up a crate before the opponent's list was able to get to him so Mando really doesn't want to crate because he's, you know, the evade and the red barrel roll is really strong with him, uh, especially with everything that's built on him. So I have three consistent and defensive uh, crate carriers that most ships can't generally take on early. Now what about uh, Scramble and Chance? Do, which one of those two feels the weakest then if you're leaving him out? Um... I would have to say that Scramble is probably the worst, because the only one that has an available action to keep flipping it is Manaru, and maybe Gamut. Gamut can, you know, help support actions to others with the coordinate, and Manaru on that first turn can hit Overtuned and then go grab it. Otherwise, Cad's going to be needing his action basically every turn after. Uh, Mando's going to need his turn, his uh, action every turn after. And, you know, Manaru having that uh, asymmetrical dial, if the, you know, she does her turns and the uh, sensors are on her right, she's not getting to them anytime soon. So it's uh, chances, chances all right. Um, I have enough squirrely ships. Well, I have a squirrely ship with CAD and I have Mando who can just 5k back and forth. So I can generally stay close to the center. Well, it's the five people have to respect the zero stop or the 5k it could be one or the other which is a pretty big deal um yes. and one thing you mentioned a lot uh, using a lot in the aspect of uh using this card and then doing scenario actions as being an, an option for you a lot of people tend to sort of default to putting contraband cybernetics on manaru I've always liked overtune modulators because you have the R5P at you, because you can overtune, still do a red, get your mods, or clearly do scenario actions and still have mods, which is a big deal. Maybe you can go deeper into where other situations or just as you developed that, that decision. Yeah, so this actually originally starts with me uh, helping 
my friend, a uh, friend of mine, play in Empire, and so he was running Overtune modulators on his Jingoists, and he was able to basically have them run up with their Overtune modulators, and then you know take the crates, take those scenario actions, and you know generally it's like oh when I see those Tie Fighters going for those actions, that's the target. They're defenseless. All they've got is three dice. But now with the Jingoists, they've got three calculates. That's a bit harder to punch through. So I just kind of kept that same idea of, oh, for those objective actions, I'm going to use them here. Uh, I mean, when it comes to Overtune versus Contraband, a lot of the times that I would use, like, Contraband, uh, being able to have Overtuned almost does the same job. Because when you want to do those red maneuvers on Manaru, get yourself turned around, uh, you use Contraband, get a focus. Because you have R5P8 which is uh, passive rerolls. So you already have a reroll modification. So you are generally taking a focus, so you have your focus mod and a reroll. And Overtuned basically does the same thing. The downside is the strain, but like I said, if you're notorious on Manru, most likely people aren't going to go after you quickly. So you're able to, uh, as long as you have like one or two strain, you can get rid of them quickly and then just keep going on. Now, looking, thinking about the uh, the match that you had, you said that this was the Justin Williamson was the, the the player that you lost against. Were there any other players or lists that you played against that you were like, did you play against anything unexpected? I guess is my question. Um, unexpected. Mm -hmm. Did you have a moment where you saw a list and you went, oh, neat, or interesting? Uh <laughs> I would have to give that to my third opponent, Adam Hill, which came at me with a um, really unique scum list. It was Han, Lima, uh, Leighton, and there was another fourth ship in there. Iman, Iman, the fire spray. Um, and Adam also, not only with a list that I hadn't really considered, because I generally... Um, a lot, I've seen a lot of people shift away from Lima um, to other, you know, four-pointers and scum. Mm -hmm. And Lima with Chaff, also not something that I was expecting to see. Uh, Iman with Chaff, also I generally see Chaff on the other fire sprays. Um, so came at me. I wasn't sure how to tackle it, and Adam did the right thing, and he went all in on Gamut on the first engagement, got five damage through, and then Cad just hit the runaway button and unfortunately Adam wasn't able to tag him and I think that was eventually the game from there because if once he kills Cad and just turns on the rest of my forces mm -hmm. he's got a lot of firepower but he went all in on Cad didn't get it and then Cad was able to escape while Manaru and Mando came up from the side alright so um now you've won a, a two galactic qualifiers, one with a, a first order list, one with the scum list. <laughs> Here's the question: Are you? I, I'm not asking you to give away tactics necessarily, but is there like, do you have any like faction goals? You're like, all right, listen, I found something in first order. I found something in scum. Are you looking at other factions? Um, do you have some goals within within that type of list building stuff? Uh, yeah, so 
I I fly three factions generally. It's first order followed by well scum now, and then CIS is my third faction. Okay. Um, so this scum list um, that I played this weekend, I was you know enjoying. I didn't think it was that good. I gotten batted around by a couple of really good players, and. I'm just like, all right, I'm going to go get the pin, and I'm going to go be happy. And uh, <laughs> I right. just kept the ball rolling from there. So CIS is the next pin to get. Um, mm. I My local group is trying to get a group of us together to do Mustafar. So I could potentially play again in that one with some CIS shenanigans. All right. Man, Mustafar is where the Separatists were uh, shut down, though. That's like an omen there. <laughs> <laughs> oh. this, this, or or this, one this, last hurrah. You never know. Exactly. This is before all that stuff happened. You know. Um, <laughs> how, however, uh, I do have some kind of unfortunate news. Right now, it does not look likely that I'll be able to play an Exegol. Oh, ho, ho, ho. he just comes. He's just collecting. He's like, oh, and the final party. I can't. I can't. I can't make it. Um, <laughs> and, and this this honestly is it's it hurts, but it's also um, kind of ironic at the same time. So I for Coruscant, I yeah. missed uh, Coruscant because of our season closer. Uh, for Ultimate Frisbee here at UCF. And yeah. that weekend for Exegol is our home opening tournament. So, um, depending on weather, depending on, you know, field dependency and what we can get with, you know, the rec center here, um, I'll most likely be out there on the field. Otherwise... So what I'm hearing is we need to get some people to do a rain dance <laughs> on at least the first day uh, so Crispy has a chance to to, to play. I, I can arrange that. No worries. I got you. All right. Thank you. you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So um, we are, what we're going to do, Crispy, next, we're going to basically go through the top 16 worth of lists. Do you want to hang out? You don't have to. No pressure. You yeah, don't have I'll, to. You want yeah, you want to hang absolutely out? Absolutely talk about these. I mean, oh. they're so there are a lot of unique lists in here. Um there are a couple repeats of what we've seen, but um I mean the the rebel list is really fun. All of the resistance lists that we're seeing and a couple first order surprised me as well, so I'd love to talk about them. All right. Well, we'll we'll start our roundabout. We're gonna start with our. We we, we obviously talked about the champions list. Go ahead, Will. Our runner-up uh, with William I wanna Hayes. Mention quick the yes. action breakdown as well. Oh yes. Uh, we should probably just do uh, that with, first, eh? Well, you know, we get excited about lists. We, we uh, do. But I, I do. see it here. You got a nice graphic for it. So uh, notable twenty-three. Uh, what is that? Empire, 19 scum, 16 first order, 14 republic, 9 separatist, 7 resistance, and f 5 rebels? Yep. I thought they were supposed to be a good faction. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Which I'm, I'm messing up the... Um, I, I suck at Star Wars. The 14 <laughs> is is what? Republic. Okay, got it. Got Republic. It. Yeah. Oh, I always get those sequel, confused. Original trilogy sequel. Correct. They, okay, they are in timeline order. Timeline. 
I think, to be fair, Empire is probably before Rebels, but yeah, that's semantics. Anyways. <laughs> uh, but moving on from those base numbers, so terrible turnout for Rebels. Everyone's given up on them, apparently. Uh, Empire still doing fantastic, uh, as always. Uh, but in the cut, though, uh, great representation here. Two Separatists, one Republic, one Rebel, one Scum, five Empire, five Resistance. Out of seven. One, out of yeah, seven. That's crazy. That's. I'll give you the hard uh, percentage numbers in a second when Will's done, but yeah, okay. it's, it's high. Uh, then three, <laughs> three uh, First I, Order making it in know, as I, well. I wonder how many people on the Republic were like, hey, look at what Duncan did at Gen Con. Let me try to. Spoiler, you know, it ain't easy. But also, <laughs> people did. Duncan, like, well, so <laughs> let's clarify. Dion, I think there should have been two republic representation in the cut because the one of the only undefeateds was republic and he couldn't play on sunday that correct 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 this is what actually actually ended up playing it he was he 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 went he went 5-0 was like i can't play <laughs> is 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 what happened so yes there is a uh, i guess an asterisk next to that number one mm -hmm. so on the percentage side of things you're looking at like cut rates they're they're wildly like up and down like separatist 22 that sounds like an average number rebel 20 even those low amount that's a pretty you know average number empire 22 okay we're in the 20s and then you got on the low end scum at five percent that's it that's like terrible but apparently you only need one apparently only need one um republic at seven percent single digit cut cut rates it, that's abysmal Granted, like, some of these being, let's see, I mean, Scum, Scum had so much that, that they brought, though, too. Like, 19 second highest out of the whole group. Um, and then you look on, well, first order, 19%. That's another average range of cut. But Resistance, 71%. Like, well, then, I, if you brought Resistance, you basically made the cut. <laughs> in, in out of just a percentage alone um it's pretty telling uh at least on the end of maybe what resistance is starting to form around we're seeing sort of a uh an average foundation i would say mm -hmm. in most resistance lists that is proving to be successful um but I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna challenge you rebel players you need to be more innovative i think there's stuff there but you need to get your you get your head out of the alpha strike territory because it's not working anymore with the chaff clouds around people knowing how to move around them it's a scenario game as well like can't just straight up and say i'm gonna come kill you and expect to win all your games the the, the problem with that is that but i heard i get uh, points for that anyway yeah the problem with that <laughs> is outside, outside of the rebel alpha uh -huh. The other things that you're talking about, like start looking outside of the other things that you do, the other factions do it better and more entertaining. Which like, may it, be true, but so that's, yeah, have yeah, we seen so. people try? I don't no, know if we have I, the I mean, numbers to say that they've, they've effectively tried enough. Yeah, we've seen a couple for Ewing lists. We see Callus floating up more and more. Callus should be, if you can bump Wedge up to Callus, find that extra squad point in your list uh, to get that massive tank out there. Uh, and then I, I think the, the other direction might be 
uh, what uh, Dreadchamp calls uh, Rebel Jank, uh, which is uh, two Y-wings, B-wings, sheet the beads, like just start throwing in uh, as many good pieces as you can to get to about five or six uh, squads uh, or ships in your squad. Could be advantageous as well, but yeah, tur turns out Wedge and Luke won't always win your games. Yeah, so, I, I, I think uh, some of the ships I've looked at is like trying to fit these into lists like Ahsoka A-Wing seems really good still even outside of the, the alpha list that she has been in, in the past with like the Luke Wedge Ahsoka Ezra Tai. Mm -hmm. um, Hera probably should be used more when there's stuff that's trying to jam you and take your tokens away. And she's kind of like a high initiative coordinator, but at like perfect information levels of mods. Mm -hmm. um, B or A. I think A because I think B, the B being six points is probably a six points you're giving up, but. Um, one thing that I did notice just scanning across the Rebel list, a distinct lack of U-Wings. There was a single U-Wing um, in the entire tournament among the five Rebel lists. And they have a lot of value. They can contribute a lot to the list. They've got, I mean, Magva is an insane defensive piece. Um, her, you know, preventing offensive rerolls for your opponent is really, really good, especially, you know, because there's a lot of heavy hitters out there. Um, and then you've got Cassian, you've got all, and you've got the, all the crew that comes with it. And you can mm -hmm. slap one in there for five points and easily fit in, you know, three, four other cheap ships. Very Do you true. think if if you if you pick one U-wing to start playing Rathless, now that this isn't like a static thing, but mm. if you're starting somewhere, do you go Saw? Do you go um, Magva? Do you go Benthic? I I think I'd those say, are the three you consider. Yeah, I I'd start with Benthic, um, just being able to have that token passing ability. Um, and of course, like you can get the classic like uh, Percop and Jinurso, and I believe you can put like Contraband on there as well, and just be you know an I two defensive tank as much as you want. Um, I believe you can also stick. Do you, does uh, does Benthef have a talent slot? No, no. Yes, he does. No. What? Yeah. Um. Yeah. You're. Yeah. Uh... Uh, he's, he's so that's uh that's notorious on an i2 ship yes will most likely get that mm -hmm. strain benefit if anyone shoots at him so uh, but you true. can't fit perceptive gin and, no. and notorious uh, though yeah you have to you have to take your contraband take, and your take base malbus instead of perceptive and just get Oof. it tight <laughs> no. no how about no all right, well, let's let's stop theory crafting. Let's talk real list mm -hmm. uh, here for a moment. Uh, so uh, let's refer going to the runner-up. That's Sev Wall, William Hayes, <laughs> uh, flying a Galactic Empire list. Uh, this is a five by four. Uh, so every pilot costs only four points, and you get five of them. I uh, got some real discounts here. Vizier with Palpatine in the Reaper. Such a great piece. Might maybe the best four point, uh, though this list has a lot of other good ones. Pure Sabak with targeting computer and proxy mines. Ditching. Don't need that elusive. Get out of here. Uh, 
Vagabond, uh, which is the ailerons, then drop a bomb. Uh, super nasty with proxy mines and proton bombs. You could drop two proxy mines in a round. Devastating. Uh, if you let that thing get in close, countdown. He's got the ability to essentially cancel your attack and take a damage and a stress. Got ion bombs, marksmanship, elusive targeting computer. So kind of a more of a spread there than just uh, focusing on the bombs. And then Commandant Goran uh, with shield upgrade and sensitive controls. So you can give evades to Vagabond and Vizier uh, to help protect them if they find themselves in trouble. Great way to get Vagabond into the fight and start dropping those proxy mines. They might not be able to hear you, Dion. Check your check your mic. Get wrecked. I was muted because I was sneezing. Anyway, um, the it was great to see uh, this list in action when it was winning as well. You got to see how deadly some of those bombs can be, and if your target priority is not right in the opening, you could be very sad. You could be very sad. Yeah, no, I've been play I've been toying. Uh, well, actually, all three of you guys know what I've been toying with. I I've been sharing it, and the most, I, I, well, the second most under underused ship that is not underused anymore because it made it to the final here is Countdown. Mm -hmm. uh, Countdown's ability to single-handedly face off against their top fighter because usually the way people set up now with with objectives is like they, they spread around and they put their heavy hitter in one side um and countdown can look at that heavy hitter and say i don't care i'm gonna action and take this and uh oh you get critted well i'm gonna take that crit and turn it into a stress and and one damage um and i can still boost with a so countdown i think it's the second most underused ship in the Galactic Empire. Uh, first one. Hopefully, we're, we're talking about it next week. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we do have another major tournament just around the corner. We got good stuff. All right. Well, Marcel, we got a another Empire list here. A little more traditional, we will say, yeah. from so Kevin O'Connell. We've got the uh, famous old Jingle Jingle Wampa uh, and Iden. I, th I think most people is Jingle Jingle Wampa Iden. And I'm trying to see. Well, the I, I guess there's a little bit of a change here. It's the heavy laser cannon targeting computer ruthless elusive versus I think most people go with elusive and ion. So there's a little bit of variance there in when you can build out your Iden. And sometimes people take. Um, like false transponders or something else on ISBs or overtuned. Uh, Darth Vader and the TIE Defender with Malice, Juke, Heavy Laser Cannon. Again, there's a choice there between the Heavy Laser Cannon and the uh, Cluster Missiles. And then Valenruder with... Uh, is, does he only get one point? He just went marksmanship for the crates or...? Yeah, it's one point. Oh, he only gets one point. Okay. Mm -hmm. So a one point Valen Rudor. So it's a one, two, three, four, 
it, it's four TIE fighters, but it's essentially five. One, no, it's five TIE fighters, right? But it's essentially six TIE fighters because Iden is a plus one. I, I, so Iden brings a plus one. So it's essentially six TIE fighters plus the best ship in the game, uh, uh, the best solo ship in the game, Defender Vader. Very solid. Oh. Yeah, I mean, right now I think Empire's got some of the best efficiency in the game. I think Jingo Jingo Wampa is the best six points that money can buy across any faction right now. I mean, just being able to have all that and then stick Iden in there as well, and you can't address them early, um, mm -hmm. really stands it out. And then after all that, after all that tie swarm, there's a Vader Defender just sitting across from you with a heavy laser cannon <laughs> who will set up last and will set up directly across from you. Making so, people sad. Making HLC, people scary, scary. boom, boom. Yeah. <laughs> until, until, until he sees Countdown and realizes all those dice and hits he's rolling is going to net one damage. Uh, that's why Vader goes the other way and the TIE Fighters go after Countdown and say, look at all these shots. You can't stress yourself for all of them. <laughs> that, that is true. That is a Countdown's like, I blocked one. Like, but I got more. I got a lot more. <laughs> um, one, one side note, I'll say, so Chris, you had mentioned that... Um, I guess maybe you can clarify this because this is what I want to kind of uh, instill in people when they're facing down a lot of TIE Fighters that Aiden is there. Similar to some of the thought process people had with Quick Draw, you got to burn that early. The longer that hangs around, the worse it's going to be for you as the game continues. And you likely have not just less shots, but less quality shots because the scrum, because your actions you've had to take just to get the shot. All your high optimization comes in the first engagement for most people. After that, it's trying to reestablish that as best as you can, but it's normally never going to get to that point. So burn Iden while you can, I would say, um, or as soon as possible. That's why... FO bombers dropping prox mines and grudge making it a 50-50 chance to just do three damage is a great use. Even if it does yep. nothing and just gets idened, that iden charge is used on not a shot, and that's not what they want. Yeah, and I mean most players will save that iden charge for the first time that their TIE fighter would be destroyed. So I I very rarely see people say, Alright, I'm gonna keep Iden for someone else, or like, oh, I'm gonna let Valen Rudor blow up, but I'm gonna let you know, I'm going to keep it for Iden to protect herself later. Most people have moved towards, all right, you've rolled four hits, I've rolled three blanks. All right, that attack didn't happen. And that is basically an extra ship. Well, let's um, let's have that conversation. Let's have that conversation because yeah. I, I, I think we saw twice this weekend where people tried to save it, and that was the reason they lost the game. Yep. Like, is, is there – what is the situation – say it again? More ships is good. More ships is good. So is they, like, there... They tried to save the item charge and let another TIE Fighter die? Right. They let a TIE Fighter die instead of... Let TIE Fighter have Dead Man switch. It did not. Okay. It did not. really weird. And that, that's my <laughs> I question. I can see some of the decision for Dead Man switch because situationally it might do more damage. It might be worth it. Right. And, and, that, and that's kind of what I wanted to roll into here is what, what are the situations where you let... Where, where you let Iden, or sorry, where you choose not to use Iden's ability. So you mentioned a dead man switch, um, cascading effect. So another one would be you have a ship like facing the wrong direction, not shooting anything, mm -hmm. and then you have 
probably a follow-up shot on like a jingle range one with a focus that that you can strain and put some serious damage out to and, and you know that shot so coming you know in like the initiative five five six for example it's like mm -hmm. okay that one got torpedoed out i'm gonna let that one pass there's another four dice shot coming at this one but this one needs to put some serious damage into this wedge or into this luke or something like that uh, like a situation like that but it's 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 super nuanced that i don't uh, because most of your ships are usually facing the same direction anyway so it's, it's it's hard to imagine a situation outside of what ryan said where where there's like a a death effect that's yeah. gonna make a difference it's not only dead man's right we we saw disciplined I don't, I don't yeah. Know if, yeah in solace or whatever there was a, a mornaki plus a lot of tie fighters list that had like ruthless discipline dead man switch like they were all inning on the offense with tie fighters who had concussion missiles stuff like gideon who can get a four die concussion missile um and just say i'm gonna put a jingoist here and i might kill it myself before you can do anything about it anyway just to get all these triggers off and do more damage to you than the one tie fighter that did die so unless it's intentional I see very few situations where it's worth saving it for because it's not like Iden's Iden's charge is good to keep a ship around. Whether or not you are trying to save it, my only thought process might be like you're saving because you'd rather help Iden specifically stay alive because she is three points. The other Tie Fighters are two, but you're still giving up points, and there's no guarantee Iden's going to die by the end of the right. game anyway. Mm, good so point. I got a real quick philosophical question for you guys. Ooh. So there's definitely points need to go up on Jingle Jingle Wampa and the whole thing, right? Because well, not, not before not... we release our Christmas card. Sure. But, but continue. <laughs> yeah. but, I... uh, but, but here, here's the question that I have. So Jingle Jingle Iden is three. The ISBs are two, and Wampa's two, obviously. But they have double life. So you have a two-ship list with double life because Aiden is there doing that. In lists like other ones that have something like a Defender Vader, a Vizier, a four-ship list that has eight, single jingoist or wampa there the jingoist or the wampa are not necessarily i mean they're a two-point ship and they feel like a two-point ship because there's going to be a list that shows up and just one shots it uh. and they're dead and it's like hey yeah it's my two points whatever you you got it so is are these two-point ships so ridiculously low because there's something like Aiden and and the rest of what is supporting that or because you can't take up you can't take up wampa up well wampa's fine you can't take the both jingoists up and Aiden up which they all deserve it because then they're going to be unplayable if, if the if the isvs are threes and i don't know four, nobody's going to fly that if you can give give Wampa a cannon or a missile, because his ability does not say primary. Uh, but the the counter to that is that, uh, or a response, I guess. Maybe not a counter. We'll see. 
The uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, let me get my thoughts out first. We'll see if it's against what you think. The uh, before previously, so we had one or two point, or sorry, one or two two point ships in each faction. Okay, uh, very few factions were getting multiple two point ships, and now we have uh, two factions, separatists and the Empire who can take multiple two-point ships. And uh, they're decent ones. Valon, uh, just flying around taking an evade, and if you shoot at him or his friends, he gets a focus. And then everything we talked about for Jing, been talking about Jingoist since they came out. And uh, it's that compounding effect of like, like uh, you put it, I think, very clearly of like one two-point ship, whatever. Like, don't care. Like, go get your objective, little guy. Uh, but then once you have two, three, four, five, well, maybe not five, uh, but like the four of these two point ships all flying around in the same list, it's just a multiplicative, right, it's too late. I can't see that word. It's a exponential effect uh, that uh, now every target is a bad choice uh whether you're shooting at wampa or jingoist you're spending a whole round sometimes trying to score two points and that's i think the the difference is that a lot of lists aren't bringing just a single filler they're trying to bring the whole jingo jingo wampa and Aiden as like half of their list and i think that's where it really diverts out that like i i think i agree like wampa is a two-point filler sure like whatever like that seems fair but like a, t a five tie swarm uh that you can get for 11 points like that's that is impressive and like noteworthy so i mean i definitely think that in most cases any of these tie fighters at two points go up to three they're pretty much unplayable they weren't playable when they were three before nothing's not much is gonna make them playable without just going insane with their loadout and slots. But even then, it's questionable. Um, it's really Aiden that's making them tick and stay around, hang around, like Marcel said. There's lists that have them and don't have Aiden. They take that risk, but it'll happen. They'll just get popped and they'll die. Um, but I, I think the question is, is Aiden an issue at three alone? Or is Aiden an issue at three because she has access to some of her loadout, like being able to take an ion cannon that gives her an extra dice that makes her shot more meaningful? Would losing just the ability to have a viable secondary weapon that doesn't require an action to take or doesn't require a lock specifically, is that enough and keep her at three? Should she be four but keep most of her loadout, maybe gain more loadout? So I'll, tell you, I'll tell you why not and uh i know i know we're getting off a little topic right there but it's because this is what we're seeing a lot right but you know um the reason why not is because th that is using the assumption that i didn't again I, let, let's count Aiden as a life up or a plus life right like it's it's an additional ship because you're basically keeping a ship alive that already died that three-point ship is if it keeps a two-point ship alive because that's usually what it's being flown with wampa and, and two jingoists okay but what if you're flying it with um 
the ship that nobody ever uses, whatever, the one that gives the rerolls. Hell Runner, four yeah, point yeah. Like, TIE Fighter, Hell Runner. You have, and you know, you have a four point ship that could have been killed and decides to take zero damage as a result. Now that it gave you an additional four points and the benefits of an additional four points on your list. So the, you know, I, th I think the cannon makes makes Aiden more valuable, but also Aiden just helps keep someone alive that may be worth more points. You know, you've got uh, different TIE Fighters. So it makes all your TIE Fighters more valuable. So I, I personally wouldn't mind if Aiden didn't exist in standard play. Like, I wouldn't mind. Like, that's one of those ships that I would be like, you know, you got you got rid of uh, the bumpy one that was like you reduce your agility by bumping. Like you got rid of that. Like Aiden is more impactful and more downside than that. So I, for one, would not like to see more stuff on the ban list. I understand why certain things are over there. I do think that you know, we can fine-tune some things. Can, I, I have to say, I would have never thought to hear Marcel say, let's put something on the ban list. But anyway, and continue. that's something that I use. That's something that I, because it's good. <laughs> I like, mean, I use it. I, I think the problem is just that this is a three-agility spammed force multiplier. If you look at the other factions, there is not a single Z95 that is even two points. And yet, the Empire... Gets all their generics and, f you know, three named ones. I'm counting Jingo as two because you're going to take them in, you know, in a pair. There's not a Rebel Z95 that's two points. There's not a Scum Z95 that's two points. If you look over at Separatists, the only other faction that has two-point options, you don't see any more than three or four. I I've seen like four max because they don't force multiply. Most people are taking independent calculations now. They're not stacking like like Seer is nowhere near, uh, you know, meta play or anywhere near competitive right now, because those vultures just die. Iden, on the other hand, is not only are you spamming three agility, but you're basically just creating another one. Separatist doesn't have that. Rebels doesn't have that. I think people are just unhappy about it because they look at that and go, "Why can't I do that?" Like, like they just don't have the same firepower. So either we need to get other factions on that same power level, or we need to take away that spam. I mean, isn't there like, something just iconic about like the Tie Fighters being like coming in mass? Like they're they are an icon yes. iconic ship. I'll, the I'll the be generic okay. ones that don't shoot very well with no, like I, I, I agree that like they can ones. you got like they can keep like, the black right. squadron at two points, but what like if, so like maybe not the names. Sorry. Villain Rudor. Like no one like like everyone loves Aiden and uh, the Jingos and Wampa. If you just drop Valen Rudor from the list, it's still pretty competitive, right? So you just make the Jingos three and you drop Valen, and that is still a very potent list. Like, just just make the Jingos 3. Wampa can stay at 2. That's not a problem. And honestly, give the Jingos more loadout. I don't, like, like give them maybe a mod slot. Maybe two illicit slots. Oh, two, that's too much. Mm -hmm. A guaranteed mm -hmm. contraband. You end up with contraband dead man. They're just, they're just going around no, no, zapping no, no, no. people I, and saying, kill me! 
Hooray! <laughs> I want to. I, I want to live in a world where jingoists are three points, but they have afterburners and dead mans. Mm, wow. Come Strong back choice. here. I'm going to a stone. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, so they're three points. You're more likely. I mean, you know, they're worth more if you lose them. But on the other hand, mm. you know, people would just take shield upgrades with that loadout. She's probably right. <laughs> 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 That sounds right. like that's well, another car card we need to just ban. Shield upgrade, go on. Make more people cry. <laughs> up, up, up. Get it out of here. Do not like it. <laughs> All right. Anyways, I think... I capability to take shield upgrade. <laughs> oh, well, oh, fair enough. Anyways. True. Uh, we have people clamoring on our chat, Dionne, for a separatist list. I think we've been making them wait long enough. All right. It's time. Ryan, take a look at Juan Calle's list. All right, we have a Django plus many things list. Let's start with the Django first, and we'll get to those things. Django with Notorious, Count Dooku, Seismic, False Transponders, Contraband Cybernetics, Slave One, and Boba Fett Gunner. Um, kind of not too far different from most other Django's. People opt into either Savage, Count Dooku, or Palpatine opting in for a cheaper bomb to fit the second illicit. The first illicit you take is false transponders. The second is contraband if you're considering it. And then opting whether or not you go for that gunner Boba Fett or seeing if you can fit and up that to veteran tail gunner and shift some other points around to make it work. Boba Fett's still a very good option, though. Um, passive mods are good. Uh, for the other things, so normally we, this is a different batch of hyenas and vultures most people are familiar with. A lot of people are familiar with seeing, look at all the I3 ones I have, not just because they're I3, just because the ones we are used to seeing. We do see DFS-081, but instead of taking Discord missiles, we have the energy shell charges with munitions failsafe and grappling strikes. And then we have two of the only other vultures that can take energy shell charges, which is the Hayorchal prototypes, the I-1s that have energy shell charges and grappling strikes. And then we have two hyenas, but they're not bombardment drones. They're the Bactoid prototypes, the I-1 double-pipped hyena bombers with fire control system, Discord missiles, energy shell charges, independent calculations, and landing strikes. Now, you may hear me say independent calculations. Those are only on the hyenas. The vultures actually kept their standard network calculations. Very interesting to see them actually intermixed. Most of the time, a whole, a whole list will commit to either all independent or all network. Just make sure they know who can share. Well, clearly we know who can share because it's chassis-based and it's standardized that way. But um, definitely not used to seeing the Bactoid prototypes that I won um, we're used to seeing the bombardments at I-3 taking those prox mines for those forward and back drops that are so, so dangerous. These ones, this is a initial first engage rush of, I'm going to shoot these energy shell charges, and then afterwards, I'll figure it out from there between Discord missiles on the back to prototypes, or Django's still there, by the way. This is a six-chip list Two hyenas, three vultures, Django Fett. All right, let's keep it going. That was position number four. Our fifth one here, a, another Imperialist. Take it, Crispy. Yeah, so we have Tim Burnt with, I, I, I hope I 
pronounce that correctly. Bro, man, um, that D, the D between the N burnt, and the T, oh, wait. Ah, burnt, who knows? Burnt, whatever. All right. So we have Darth Vader in the TIE Defender, the Boogeyman himself with Malice, Juke, Heavy Laser Cannon, uh, Morna Key in the Decimator with Ruthless, Seventh Sister, Minister Tua, Agile Gunner, Proton Bombs, Delayed Fuses, and the Dauntless title. And then we have two ISV Jingoists with Deadman Switch. So once again, we see the best four points in Empire is split into two ships that are the two Jingoists. They are very very efficient and it's only two points if you lose them and if you ignore them uh they will hit you with three dice and a focus and they'll give you a strain so not not um something to mess around with that much and then you have ruthless on Mornaki who can simply blow them up with dead men switch when the time is right very fun that ruthless is absolutely dirty. Let's continue here. Matthew LaRoque, um, our first instance of the resistance. We got Poe Dameron. This is the trigger-happy trigger flyboy with heroic R4 astromech, ferrosphere paint, proton torpedoes, munitions failsafe, overdrive thrusters, integrated, that's foils, and black one with Chewbacca in that YT-1300, Composure, Notorious, Ray, Contraband, Cybernetics, and Ray's Millennium Falcon. We also have Wilsa Teshlo with Ion Cannon Turret, uh, L4ER5, a.k.a. Larry, with Bomblet Generator, Targeting Computer, Engine Upgrade, and then Finn in the pod with Heroic Predator and Perceptive Copilot. Now, one of the things I had been commenting on the, this list, at Gen Con, and, and uh, Crispy, I'm not sure if you saw any at Gen Con and Will... I mean, we were all there. The people who were playing Resistance, I saw a ton of Chewbacca with spammed Y-Wings is mostly what we were seeing, right? And there was, I think, one or two people who did bring something similar to this. I love this version because what I was noticing that was happening to the, the Y-Wings is that because they're one agility and they're – while they can boost, they're – typically, at least people, the way people were playing them, they're kind of – they can get predictable, um, but this version, having Chewbacca and Poe, you have two end game pieces in the list. Because I know when when I saw Chewbacca and the Y wings, it's the goal is kill Chewbacca first and figure out the rest later. You're gonna be okay. But the problem is, you get to the end game and you've killed Chewbacca, and Poe's like, "Hi, I'm still here." Proton torpedo to your face, right? So this is a really good list, and is dangerous in um, in in all of the objectives. You have Finn, Wilsa, and Chewbacca can all salvage is the one that everybody worries about, right? Those three ships gladly they're like sure we'll pick up crates pose like nah i'm good but if you could you, you still have the opportunity to get a three to two advantage with that very solid um obviously you have a lot of speed here as well and um i, I think we're gonna see a lot of variations on this theme for a while in republic uh, with more maybe a little bit more exploration of those y-wings i wouldn't uh, be surprised there because they uh people figured out hey there's a lot of value here in those Y wings. So, Good stuff. Uh, you're always on on Hexiles, right, Crispy? You're like, Good yeah. With, good with Scott. Yes. Yeah. So one of the uh, what does he do? He does challenges or something like that. I don't know what you call them. The bounties, yeah. Bounties, yeah. So one of the bounties I'd like him to create is a kind of a variation for this. 
Okay. Is I see that Chewbacca a lot, but I would love to see that Chewbacca instead of composure contraband to be Dead Man and Electronic Baffle, because I've got this dream of a one hall Chewbacca end of game saying I'm going to Baffle to boost into range one and kill a and take a shot at something and kill something else in order to win a game like like a very last minute sacrifice of a that? dead man electronic baffle uh give that to scott and tell him he's got to make that happen i absolutely will uh we do have a bounty uh on ig11 to actually do a damage with your crit explosion I believe we've had near a dozen games, and only one person has actually got the crit damage, but that was after their all of their ships have died. So um, I do like that. I, I, I think that there are a lot of fun mechanics. Uh, I mean, this so, is Chewbacca. So you have to baffle into Dead Man Switch. Baffle yeah, into Dead Man Switch. Baffle. Yeah, have to baffle into Dead Man. I like have to it. baffle well, into we'll Dead Man it. and kill something. Not well, and into Dead well, because I mean you, you can have to kill into Dead Man anytime, but kill something and win a game. All right, I'll toss it. Over. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Well, uh, let's let's keep it going here. We have another version of uh, of this list, a little bit similar here, coming from Paul Nixie. Take it, Will. All right, Paul is flying. Uh, that's uh, Trigger Happy Poe. Uh, uh, this one bringing uh, the ion torpedoes in addition to proton torpedoes, overdrives, uh, Black One integrated, R4, and Heroic. So drops the Ferrisphere paint uh, to fill. Uh, if you don't know, uh, Poe actually, or the Trigger Happy Poe has a torpedo slot and the hard point. Um, one of the few ships who can take the double torps. Anyways, we got uh, uh, Kazuda uh, with Notorious, Bucket Droid, False Transponder Codes, Slam, Targeting Computer, Kaz's Fireball. Uh, pretty traditional loadout there for him. Uh, Wilsa, again, very traditional loadout here. Uh, I like, I really like this Wilsa. Uh, Ion, Ion Cannon, uh, the Lars, or Larry Droid, or whatever his abbreviation is, uh, that lets you... Th <laughs> uh, Quarterback calculates uh, essentially like Palp or um, 311 droid out there just slinging calcs. Uh, Bomblet generator, engine upgrade, and targeting computer. Man, uh, not only do you get the four main upgrades engine, targeting, bomb, and ion cannon, you get an amazing droid too. Woof. Uh, but then we have uh, Shaza and Sai. Uh, rocking very similar things, ion cannons, belly runs, they got proton bombs, engine upgrade, and targeting computer. So with a little extra load out there, getting the watchful astromech so you can rotate and still get a calculate. Man, uh, these Y-Wings just feel like little force users to me. Uh, when every action you do gets you a calculate, Plus, Wilsa's throwing her calculates at other people. Shaz is giving people behind her calculates if she's shooting. It could be uh, pretty awesome to see when, when everything works together in this list. All right, let's keep it moving. We got Sean Holly with a fir our first appearance of a first order list with one that I thought was pretty neat. Take it, Marcel. Okay, so you've got Hollow and the Interceptor with Proud Tradition, Pattern Analyzer, Mag Pulse Warheads and Munitions Failsafe, 
Nightfall and the Whisper for Marksmanship Prockets, Sensor Scramblers, Enhanced Jamming Suite, 709 Legion Ace, uh, another Whisper, generic, Marksmanship Proton Rocket Sensor, Enhanced Sensor Scramblers, Enhanced, enhanced Jamming Suite, and Whirlwind in the tie whisper with marksmanship elusive proton rocket sensor scramblers jamming suite and then commander malris with marksmanship and cluster missiles um very i mean three prockets is that yeah three prockets and five ships that are able to um two of those ships are able to double modify their their ordnance that being hollow and and commander malris and then uh, three ships being able to essentially double modify their offense by modifying their offense with the focus and modifying the defensive mods with the jam. So very, uh, very consistent fire output and uh, a, a twist from what we saw in XCC, which is five pocket whispers. I think this is probably an upgrade from that because it gives you more it gives you two initiative vibes and it gives you more um more choices so a very cool list I, I think this is a very creative and cool list well done yeah uh to me this list screams i'm gonna win salvage uh four out of the five ships have marksmanship and the other one has magpulse warheads so there is crit generation on every single ship of this list um and with those decloaks into the five straights on the uh on those uh whispers they can get those prockets off early if their opponent doesn't you know check range or they don't think that they're gonna be in range but that decloak into a five straight is a long long distance and when you only need range two for the procket it's uh it's pretty scary i mean malaris i think is great value at three and hollow an underrated piece in first order for five points um great support ship great end game piece as well i will tell you we did see sean play this and opening move decloak straight five straight focus procket a ship it was dirty. Uh, he took a, a hound in the lat down to two hole in the first turn is what happened. It was nasty. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, and, yeah, just really cool to see uh, triple triple whispers out there doing, doing some work. I think I might bring this list to our next league night. That, that, looks, that looks like fun. That looks like fun. I, I look forward to blowing up all the whispers and uh, not doing great. But having fun, being able to go zoom, zoom is always good. Uh, Jared K, bringing a variation on something that we kind of already talked about with Defender Vader plus TIE Swarm essentially there. Uh, the next one I want to hit here, Ryan, is Daniel Leon's list, our first appearance and only appearance, if I'm not mistaken, right? We had one Rebel get into the cut. Yep, this would be the Lonely Rebel. So Daniel Leone running a four-ship uh, rebel. Uh, we'll start with some of the familiar faces. We have Luke Skywalker doing the trick shot, shattering shot, proton torpedo with R3 astromech, <clears throat> saying, um, don't be behind an asteroid and give me a lock. You're going to regret it. Uh, we have Fenrau Sheathapede with Swarm Tactics, Tristan Wren, R4 uh, loadout, um, so I'm normally not a proponent of the whole Swarm Tactics Tristan Tristan R4, but there's a very specific piece why this is actually working really, really well. We have Aaron Kraken 
in Z95, running elusive fire control system and ion torpedoes. So this Fenrau can make Kraken I6, which then Kraken can then shoot and then give someone else an action that they need it, whether it is Luke to get the lock that he really needs, whether it is the other big ship, Callus in the VCX is the fourth ship to round it out at seven points with Saw Guerrera crew, dorsal turret, and the other action trick to use, whether it is being coordinated from Fenrau or used from Kraken, is Hondo Onaka. Another card I brought up a couple weeks ago, by the way. Um, Hondo coming in in the in, in potential in engagement. Uh, action to coordinate and jam two ships who are friendly to each other, which can also be extremely good. Um, and also extremely good if it's even just coordinated at I-6 via Fenrau. To say, alright, I'm gonna have one of my ships get coordinated at range 3, and I'm gonna jam Luke because he took two locks on rocks early in the game, and who cares, right? Mm -hmm. um, or the enemy. At I-6, there's probably some ships who've done some linked actions that you can coordinate and, I don't know, whatever. Or you can coordinate a random tie who's still there and, oh, okay, you get an evade. I'm not shooting you anyway. Um, mm -hmm. And then jam something. Range 3 jam. Coordinate range 3. That's huge. On a big base, by the way. That big coverage <laughs> big um i've I'll actually seen touch you. It, 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 this has also been something i've seen ran a couple times on hexiled um with some variations of um success you know not all games were winners but worked out well at least in this event was something he had been practicing um and obviously did well enough to make cut uh i think i, I love seeing more vcx's on the board uh, I just got done watching Rebels through again. Um, just my, my wife just started putting Star Wars stuff in the background and going chronological order, and she was just going to do the movies. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> you have the Clone Wars, and you got <laughs> other stuff, and we got we got through Rebels. Man, I, I think I'm ready to put my foot down. I think Rebels might be the best Star Wars content. Just plain, flat yeah. out. It is Agreed. the best Star Wars content. A little, a little rough season one and two, but wow, they hit their stride. I, when Ezra cuts his hair, <clears throat> mm, mm, it's sure. great from then on. But then. He, even in some of the early stuff, it's good. It, it's, it's Ezra feels kind of like an Ahsoka, feels like a little brat early on, but it grows with you, right? That's the point. It's Dave crazy. You knew that with Ahsoka. It's crazy, like, if you give somebody, like, a couple years to tell a story in a consistent manner, and it's, like, one person's vision, and it kind of goes all the way through, how it kind of all connects. Shocking. Makes sense. <laughs> now, granted, there's Star Wars did work with different directors in the original trilogy, yeah. so, I mean, it still can work. But, um, yeah, I love seeing more Rebel-type characters, especially the VCX out there. It's really cool. All right, we'll keep it going here. Uh, Eric Garshall taking a, uh, rub, a resistance list as well. Uh, we still got Poe. We got Ray instead of Chewie here, and then double Y wings. Similar idea. You got two heavy hitters and kind of two Y wings taking up the flank. Levi uh, Shadat. We have 
TIE Advance, Vader, Faroff taking up that other spot, plus TIE Fighters. Um, I wanted to hear uh, Crispy's thought on Chris Perez's list here. He got a first order list with, uh, with the, at least one familiar face. Yeah, all right. So uh, Chris Perez, I know him from yet another X-Wing podcast, so well done. Good shout out. Um, but this is a, an amazing foe list looking at it. Uh, you have Kylo Ren and the Silencer with Brilliant Evasion, Sensor Scramblers, and Proton Torpedoes. You have Hollow with Prejudition, Pattern Analyzer, and Homing Missiles. Uh, Breach with Plasma Torpedoes, Homing Torpedoes, and Proximity Mines. And then you have Commander Malaris with Concussion Missiles. So very Ordnance-heavy ace list, all I-5s. Super good, super good. Our next list is also uh, first order heavy here with Matthew Wilson uh, with a little bit of a, of a twist. Will? All right, Matthew Wilson. He's bringing Kylo Ren Silencer, uh, Malice and Proton Torpedoes all in on that offense. Still has got Electro Traft uh, through Grudge. Uh, typical uh, build here, elusive uh, skilled bombardier, proxy mines, and a modification. He's chosen delayed fuses. Then, uh, well, I guess it, you can see auto targeting or whatever it's called. Anyways, uh, Malaris with Marksman, Cluster, Scorch, uh, how you should build Scorch, all offense, Fanatical, Predator, Advanced Optics, and Static with uh, Fanatical, Predator, and Advanced Optics. So opting not to take the cannon there, really, on Static, going for the Advanced Optics, more consistent two dice over a variable uh, three there. Uh, this is interesting. So drops one, essentially drops a Dread down to Static uh, to get the better Kylo. And I really like Kylo, uh, Silencer. Um, I was flying something very similar to uh, the last list with uh, Kylo in it. And, man, he's just as good as he's ever been uh, uh, in that uh, silencer chassis. Well, maybe not supernatural good, but I think you know what I'm trying to say. I, I got you. I got you. <laughs> um, and, by the way, when we gloss over a, a, a player, it's not because it's any disrespect. It's because there's been something similar to it. Like I'm going to do to Josh K here, Ray, Poe, Wilsa, Shasa. If you want more details, take a look on uh, List Fortress. We have it all there. Uh, Marcel, I want you to take a look at Don Copen's list, our uh, next Separatist variation we have here. <clears throat> Very fun. Uh, so General Grievous with, oh, interesting, Daredevil, Afterburners, and Impervium Plating, and Solus once not going with the traditional... Um, outmaneuver. Then you got Zam Wessel instead in the fire spray instead of Django. That's a, a, a neat little blast from the past with Notorious Savage Opera's uh, proximity mines. I know I messed up the, the pronunciation. I that deal with it. Well, nobody was gonna uh, say. Nobody was gonna call you on it. Oh, trust me. They thought it. I got, I, got, I got munchies in my mouth, so I'm still doing this. So, uh, false transponder codes, delayed fuses, and slave one title, and the very fun one, Sunfac 
um, in the Nantex-class Starfighter with Ensnare, uh, Gravatic Deflection. Uh, people might not remember what that is. That's basically you get to reroll if you're jammed. Crack Shot and Targeting Computer. So, um, pretty interesting three ship list. Sunfac can just make... Uh, Sunfac is such a conundrum. Because he can make a, any small base ship sad, but any medium and large base ship just makes him sad. So that is so matchup dependent. Uh, Sunfac is, um, is, is such a uh, conundrum. I like Chertek because it's cheaper. It makes me feel less sad when I see a medium and large base ship across the board. <laughs> but um, yeah. Fun list. So is is um, that is that Sunfac a? I mean, it's an answer to things like Defender Vader, right? It's an answer to Defender Vader, uh, Wedge, uh, all the I fives. Like you see Kylo across the board or something like that. Like you know whatever. Uh, guess what? Jam does not get rid of my tractor beam. Mm -hmm. So I see a shaft cloud. I'll be like, okay, I'll take the shaft cloud. Now you're tractored, and I'm. Not in your arc, and I'm shooting you with extra dice. Don't get stressed. Um, don't get stressed. Yeah. Don't get stressed. Stress is bad. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's 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 a super nasty ship, and then it becomes a pincushion when it sees Ray across the board. Like, uh, you know what am I gonna do? Die. <laughs> So I did, did you guys talk about uh, the Savash and Daredevil combination? No, I, I didn't even know what the combination is, so why don't you? All right, so, so I just want to, uh, because we normally see outmaneuver, so people don't use Daredevil uh, as much on, on General Grievous. Grievous. Yeah. Right. But Savage Oppress, uh, newer Force user, if a ship in your front arc, I think it's front arc or front half, either way, uh, takes a uh, stress or strain, I think it is. Uh, you can spend your force to give them a focus token. Uh, so it's a way for Grievous to still get modifications while doing the Daredevil um, boosting uh, or slooping as well. Uh, I just really think Savage Oppress is uh, such a great value obviously turning a force into a focus is good right uh but there's very few force users we see for their ability mm -hmm. rather than just like an a defensive or offensive mod like vader crew i think is like maybe seven sister are the really the only two that come to mind where they're more than just a force point all right, let's keep it going. Next, we got Kyle Borgolt. Um, now, real quick, in this is this the same as Duncan's list, or is there a variation here? There's some upgrade differences. All right, hit, hit, hit me, Ryan. For sure. So, running at least the base pilots are the same. You got Anakin 7B, Obi Wan Delta 7, Contrail Hound. The Hound is running um, Yoda, Agile Gunner, 7th Fleet. So opting for the two-force potential coordinate usage, the purple coordinate, and potentially the usage of 
getting allowing these um, Jedi to at least do their purple evade and might not have a cost force. And let me double check their FTC ability to see if it also stacks that. I don't think so. After you flee, you may spend a force to perform a regular boost to barrel. Yep. The only reason why that works with the Adas is specifically calls out a purple boost or barrel with their um, system phase reposition. Uh-huh. Uh, also, the let's see the contrails actually exactly the same. Running the R7A7 bash proton bomb delayed fuses crack shot, um, and then we have Obi Wan in the Delta Seven. Uh, with uh, calibrated laser targeting, elusive, those are both the same. Shield upgrade, because Anakin is the one using R2-D2 with spare parts, canisters, crack shot, and compassion. Compassion opting not to take the combination of chopper, astromech on Anakin, and R2-D2 on Obi-Wan. A little bit of a different variation there. Now... We get to Dread, Dread Champ, who brought, uh, what did you call it earlier? Uh, Will, you called it Resistance Jank? jank? Rebel Jank. <laughs> what? There ain't no Poe in here. Get that out of here. <laughs> all right. Um, take it, Crispy. Yeah, all right. So we have Dread Champ here with Kaz, uh, Notorious, uh, R1J5, which is Bucket. Uh, false transponder codes, advanced slam, turning computer, and Kaz's fireball. Then we have, well, three Y-Wings kind of split up here. We have Kai, Shasa, and Lega, all with their typical uh, upgrade, starting computer, engine upgrade, uh, ion cannon turret. You have ion bombs on Kai, proton bombs on Shasa and Lega, um, tier fun belly run on all of them, and automated target priority and concussion missiles on Lega. Then you have two transport pods, Finn and Rose. Finn with Elusive, Heroic, and Perceptive Copilot. Rose Tico with Automated Target Priority and C-3PO. So six ship list. Um, you got kind of, I mean, I see a lot of people moving towards like the spam where it's like five ships and then you have your ace. Like you got five TIE Fighters and you have Vader. You have your five drones and you have Django. And here we have you know, five Y-Wings and pods that are going to, you know, swarm and be together. And then you have Kaz. The best so, pilot in the galaxy. The the best pilot in the galaxy. Once again, with Notorious. Notorious is a pretty staple upgrade in Resistance now that I'm seeing. He's everywhere on Kaz. Most Chewbacca's have him as well. So... I mean, spoiler alert, if you can take Notorious, you probably should. Yes, yes. Um, the fact that it is two points is really good. Bye, bye, bye. Um, I mean, I'm assuming that Notorious is going to get the same enduring treatment and go from like two to five. I, I may, Maybe four um, in the next points update. But uh, until now, uh, sorry, until then, um, Notorious is really, really strong for its value. And you can just slap it on Kaz. And now no one wants to shoot him. And he can pretty much go about his day. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Just fly around and do what he wants. Uh, and our last one, this was Alan Clark. He went undefeated and was unable to play. So I did want to. I did want to give him a shout out. Um, I think it's Marcel's turn, right? I think I did a little jumping around. Nope. Ryan. I'll I'll yeet it over to Ryan. Take it, All Ryan. Right. 
Alan Clark running a Republic list, starting off with Stub with Shield upgrade, opting to say, all right, I'm going to have a 5 health C95, that when I do even maneuvers, I'm 3 agility, when I do odd maneuvers, I have 3 attack dice. So, uh, um, so you're saying a Republic Z95 minus, I know he couldn't play, but basically made the cut. This is like a first appearance yeah. type of thing. Uh, I, I maybe the first appearance. I'm not. Yeah, sure. There was no. not. Kraken Crack, Crack, was in that uh, Callus list. I thought. I'm talking about. I'm talking the about the, the Republic one. Oh, the Republic. new sparkly ones. Yeah. Oh. Mm. Mm. <laughs> now my Z95. <laughs> Continue. All right, we got a uh, broadside in the Republic Y-wing with dedicated ion cannon turret, R4 astromech, proton bombs, and delayed fuses. A very, very reliable ion cannon turret, as long as it's pointed to the side. Uh, but not a commonly seen ship. This might be one of the first times we've seen Broadside in 2.5, actually, making cut. This is a ship I haven't talked about, at least in this sort of recap capacity, since before Objectives, at least. Mm -hmm. um, we have Hawk in the lat. Not Hound, Hawk. The I-4 lat that used to always be taken now hound's always taken because he's got more uh, loadout so hawk has three less loadout ops to take dedicated barrage rockets night owl commandos so running those new super uh, commando mandalorians and agile gunner we have contrail with ion limiter override precision ion engines bash and proxmine so um, opting to double down on the ability to do those red maneuvers and still allowing um, potentially a barrel roll if wanted via ion limiter override. Um, and precision ion engines can change that 2K to a two sloop. When Contrail activates, can decide which direction Contrail would like to go. Um, not too often you see that since most of the time people are trying to do the boost link into lock and you're stressed. Um, mm -hmm. but obviously, Alan may play Contrail in a different capacity, focuses more often, or just doesn't go for the um, linked action too much. And then finally, we have Rick Oli in the, Naba the, the Naboo N1 Starfighter with Daredevil Fire Control System R2C4 and Advanced Proton Torpedoes. Very big shot. And then we have... Um, I mean, I think Daredevil on Rick Oli is really nice because you could opt to just do the straight maneuver instead of the bank and then say, all right, now I want to cut cut in and just Daredevil turn. Um, Rick Oli is a name that we have not heard in a long time. Like, that he as just well, got, along with he... Broadside. So both of them, yeah. All right, For so... five points, if, if you... It's hard to go against the Jedi. Like mm. That could have been Obi or Plo. That could have been Barris as a 7B fighter. Um, but it worked for Allen. Uh, Rick Ole um, has that speed and gets rewarded with that speed. Uh, R2C4 is getting a lot more play on any N1s now because in case they don't look at you and you're not using that evade, you can use it offensively for one eyeball result. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that is our top cut. Lots of cool lists. Um, and now, Crispy, I'm going to toss this question over to you. We have now we have the Nova Open this weekend, and we know that like X-wing lists 
can evolve, like the meta can evolve fairly quickly. There's there's a lot of reactionary stuff. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a couple copies of your list there, uh, just because people say, hey, that's neat, I want to play it. Um, let's go a little farther out than that. You know, we, we, we started, the cycle started, pro, bring proton torpedoes, th bring chaff clouds, Bring swarms, right? We're kind of going around this circle. What do you think? Bring passive mods. Bring passive. Yeah. I mean, is where do you think some of the evolution? Some what evolutions do you see maybe happening going forward? Oh boy, that is. I, I I've never been known for my uh, clairvoyance, but I can take a stab at this. Uh, so, just taking a look at, you know everything going on i think that we are going to see and this is going to be my take the return of dual fire spray whether that be scum or cis because they are very adaptable very you know heavy hitting and they do have enough points in the list to bring a third ship to help them out you have kanan and scum very effective uh and on cis for three points you can get a uh bombardment drone to drop proxies you can get just a generic bomber to bring chaff. Uh, you can bring Doofus to pass out calcs and help out your fire sprays. Um, I think we're going to see more jank and more kind of salad-like lists. Um, I don't think that my scum list generally fits a particular archetype. It's just I'm going to throw two beefy ships at you, and oh yeah, there's other stuff in the list. Mm. So we're going to see more lists that can adapt less one-dimensional lists like like obviously rebel alpha is a thing of the past now like we didn't even see it at all really this weekend i think there might have been one archetype or it was luke wedge and a couple others mm -hmm. um but that's a very one-dimensional list like it's gonna throw its torps or it's gonna lose we're gonna see more lists that have many ways to win we're gonna see possibly munitions mixed with bombs we're gonna see um maybe different kind of control pieces different styles of lists um a lot of people have been doing the swarm like the five ship swarm plus one like you have i mean i've said the list but that's very adaptable you have those five ships where if something needs to get punched they're gonna punch it and then you've got your end game piece that can you know close out games clutch games go through and kind of have a bit more leeway on what its role needs to be so i mean dual fire spray is really good guys like i'm not i'm not i'm not hinting at what i'm flying in cis but like dual fire spray is kind of money right now it, i mean i i got smacked around at uh at Gen, Gen Con by dual fire spray, a version yeah, of it. Me, so you got as well. Yeah. <laughs> so it's but, it's lurking. It's 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 bubbling. It is there. So caution. It's, caution. It's interesting, Chris. For you, uh, I just want to pick your brain because you said that your list doesn't fit like a standard archetype, but I to me, so. to me, it's the scum version of Django, Cad, Grievous, and then filler, whatever. Uh, but your filler is a coordinator, and uh, but your your fly you have to fly a razor crest instead of a fire spray. Mm -hmm. But oh, otherwise, very similar to me. No, I mean that is similar. I I didn't think that that was an archetype. I just thought that that was you know the three best ships in well the three best kind of value ships in CIS, 
yeah. then oh yeah there's a vulture droid that's oh yeah i have two points to fill yeah you know he, he's sitting around back on a rock trying to hold down an objective hey. You know. Objectives of your objective filler is a valuable piece in the list. Exactly. Beautiful. Well, uh, Christopher, I just want to say thank you so much for joining us. We got some final things to do here, but uh, I'm going to let you go. Have a wonderful night and uh, just, I guess, go. You can continue your trophy hunt. You know, just <laughs> go out there and just, just see what you find. Can I, can I say one final thing? Yeah, of well, course. Team USA, notice me. <laughs> All right. Bye, guys. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah, William. Hey, okay, but hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm in charge next year, so. I, I saw, I saw we'll be people. Doing, we'll be doing some scouting. Don't you worry. I saw, the, the, here, is, here is part of the problem, right, is the deadline for players was, like, Crispy had been performing well, but we had limited data, objectives, and then, like, XCC set everything and then click and then uh you know chris is like by the way i'm gonna go destroy the world and just comes out of you know not necessarily out of to, left field to be fair i after the high uh mark that uh 21 xtc had plethora of teams streamers it was a big event uh you know we didn't we didn't know uh the uh what do i want to say size yeah. I guess might be the best way to describe it of uh, this year's XTC. So, plus we came in second, so we just grabbed all of uh, buddies. We can't just yeah. be like, well, second wasn't good enough. Get out of our team here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. it was a, we said it before, it was like a respect to our yeah. players. Unfortunately, though, sorry, boys, you lost respect. Listen, listen. They're all great players. Still carrying the, no. Eight and one, baby. It's Marcel. You. As the original commissioner of the U.S. team, I am willing to hold some type of competition within U.S. players to to earn those seats because we got to bring that trophy back next next year, boys. It's got to happen. All right. No, and oh. and to be fair, I think um um it was silence. All right, what? <laughs> no, it was just. I, I feel that all, that the whole interest level in the XCC overall, not just between the players, but between the players and, and the organizers, the streamers, how many people were streaming, how many people were engaged in what was happening, was was um, was just not there as it was a year Abysmal. ago. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, but I think with you know two point five. And that whole, like, uh, the exodus from the people that did exit um, is, is, is done and gone. Now you've got this coming weekend, you talked about NOLA, but this coming weekend is also the Italian Nationals, which is also an yes. Italian World's Qualifier, followed up by uh, Spanish Nationals in Spain. And then there's going to be one in, uh, in, in the UK coming up. And a lot of these um, countries that we're poo-pooing on 2.5 are getting a little bit more love locally and the excitement is starting to ramp up. So I think come next year, I think we're going to be starting to get back into like uh, uh, last year's level of excitement and, and buzz around it. 
Um, and and I, and I think Canada winning was a great thing for for the buzz of it too. Because yeah, yeah not uh, not to say that it wasn't a great event or like we didn't have fun or anything like that. Like mm -hmm. it was XCC super super awesome event. Yeah, the, but yeah, the but buzz around from of, the people not, not participating was not there. No. Yeah, no. So I think Canada winning was a great thing for multiple reasons. One of them is because it kind of hits a little bit closer home to us because they're so close to, close to us geographically. Mm -hmm. uh, even though you know, obviously we're rooting for them for if not anything else for the fact that it's probably going to be in a in a Western time zone now. So that's probably the best benefit. Uh, but nah, the, because... the Europeans are going to say, no, nah, it's in person. Come to Europe. Done. Bye. <laughs> no, yeah, but, in, but in person Europeans in Toronto. <laughs> that have basically never not won the XCC, which used to be the European team championship. Now it's on the West side. So now it's going to light a fire under their butts to, to be like, wait, <laughs> wait, we need to get this back. So I, th I think it was um, – I, I think next year – is going to be a lot more buzz, and I think it's a great idea that, like you said, that there's there's a uh, um, some type of uh, plan or. And, but I don't think a single tournament plan makes a whole lot of sense. But no, I think no, it, no, no. It's there's... more of like a what have you done for me lately? Late twelve, like for the past twelve mm, months, right? Not I almost, because... almost would like to see it be a like a three person team event where you because. Because individually, like, is one thing, but like, getting you know, can understanding you function what, as a team. Yeah, can you function as a team? Can you understand like how matchups need to go? Things like that. So I would yeah, tell you, you have to be willing to 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 kind of bite your. Like, I know I was giving Will a lot of a lot of crap about it, but you have to be willing to to be okay with flying what you don't want to fly. Because I, it's, it's, it's I wasn't mean. particularly happy about my first order squad, uh, the double chaffed, but I, I knew everything about the list and I knew that it would give other uh, uh, teams like cause for concern of like, well, we can't just like throw anything at that. Right. So, but yeah, that is like very much part of the team. But Marcel, I'm sure you'll talk about, but like I just forced a list onto Marcel sent out an executive order uh you created a monster you can be captain okay well, no, you're gonna do this yeah I don't want to, like, do anyway. like i was complaining about other people's lists because i disagreed with some of them but he was like you know you can just change their list i was like hmm really you know <laughs> well, with that, we'll get more into the XCC in the future. Like I said, next week we're going to be talking with King, Team Canada. But one thing I do have to bring up, complete just kind of turn into another direction. Um, so during, during today's show, I released those GSP OP kits that I had been talking about. And I was like, hey, people on Discord – here it is. You guys kind of get a head start because if you have your notifications on up, let people know on stream after that, and they're all gone already. So I uh, underestimated demand. And uh, after, I, after I get these taken care of, sets number three and four, we'll, I'll work on getting more done for you guys. Um, but yeah. Yeah, give, give us some feedback on them because you are – you're uh, selling them for bargain prices. That's five bucks. By the way. That's five bucks. Right. 
It's five bucks yeah. for a set. Uh, the, it, shipping costs more than the kit. Right. Yeah. Is, I yeah. mean, I w- I'm sure you would like, and we in, in general would uh, appreciate some feedback. Would you want a larger kit? Is five? Is that like the perfect price point to get it in the hands of as many people as possible? Yeah. So, sends us some feedback on it. Where yeah, is this I, announcement? I didn't see it. I, I I put it I put it on Discord. It's there. I promise. It's there. Yeah, but anyway, I, I'm working. I'm working on. I'm trying to figure because here's here's the problem. I will tell you our um, our website has some limitations to it. In order to set the correct shipping prices, I had to take everything else off the store. It's it's like three button clicks. It's not a huge deal, but that's why. Like literally, right now, if you go right now, the only products you see that oh they're not available now because they're out of out of stock. The only thing you see is. The, the op kits because of how our t-shirt ship ships like they ship from like different factories around the world but like obviously this is just coming from chicago so prices are a little different but anywho um, like what your back end is running on because i might be able to help with that it's wix Okay. As, he, ki- as he giggles at me, <laughs> as he giggles at me, I mean that's bro. I don't know how. To, hey, la, la, la. It's, no, it's, it works. <laughs> Anywho, anyway, after after Marcel just like shakes his head at me, um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so we will. Uh, we'll. I'll get more information for for y'all soon, but I got to take care of these orders. I limited. I made it limited because I didn't want to get overwhelmed, uh, and they're they're gone. So there was like it was twenty sets of kit one and two because that's how many I could make, and I make like a mystery box one because basically it was like kind of taking pieces from different things where I could I didn't have enough to make a decent quantity, but. We'll see where the demand is, and we'll go from there. Uh, but wanted to give you guys an update because I've been talking about them and self-wrecked. So gold squadron. No, just kidding. Not yet. How are you guys doing? You guys doing good? Yeah. This, By the way, this, I this, saw this, that Isophane said he snacked like eight or nine of them. Um, as you guys know, I, I love sneakers, and I like I collect that outside. Wait, of what? X-Men. What is it? What? You know that. Like, wait, I, but wait, what's? How is this transitioning? Are, so do you buy what, nine what, pairs of so sneakers? I love sneakers. Sure. One of the things that people hate about the sneaker collection is the resellers and people that buy eight, nine, ten, and then don't allow other people to take advantage of getting that that they want. So we might. I mean, if, if you're doing something like that, that's limited quantity. It might be worth putting, like, a limit to, like... I tried. There's, per. I don't have an option to do that on the website, so yes, I just... Yes, Isofane, I'm calling you out. <laughs> take, taking, taking all of them. No, he, I will tell you, most people, most people got a total of... Most people who ordered it got three. They got one of set one, one of set two, and one of the mystery. That's what, like... Nearly all the orders are three, and the people who got more than one after that, they just went and bought the mystery ones because they didn't have any other options. All right, but anyway, <laughs> people were saying Isofane needs to scalp for the Isoplane initiative. I hey, mean, he's scalping them. He's, he's like, listen, we're getting people to worlds. <laughs> Double the price, he's you can have it. Them. Hey, actually, hey, might not be a bad idea. Raffle them, like be like a dollar a piece and raffle it out. Yeah, you know, take people to worlds. <laughs> 
Uh, now we ask, can true. you do can you yeah. do pre-order? Um, the only reason I'm doing not doing pre-orders, as you guys know, I'm busy with. I have my hands in a lot of different things, and I have to go right now with the most efficient way for me to actually get things done and not get backed up. And I don't want to, I don't want to make promises to people that I can't fulfill. So I want to try to keep things uh, without getting all the anxiety from feeling like I'm behind on stuff because I don't like it. Not fun. All right. That's it. You guys have anything else you want to bring up? Tell the people, say hi, say bye. Anything at all? Oh, just uh, wanted to shout out uh, Lambolo. And uh, I got to make sure I say the name of the tournaments they're running correctly. Uh, you can check out uh, the West Metro Dragons first annual tournament Uh called extended last chance uh do uh look look on the old facebook's or get a hold of anybody around the minnesota area i'll be heading up there um while dion goes out to nova so if you are local to there they got just a few spots uh left open uh, for that uh, extended last chance tournament um, so uh, should be a fantastic time traveling up there for for the weekend I did see somebody in the chat ask about uh, did I talk about tabletop to you I did I have not talked about it on today's podcast I talked about it this weekend during the stream basically the update is I met with a team of people who said they're willing to help Lots of very smart people. I have lots of ideas. We have some. I'm just gonna be honest. At the, I think we're all in agreement as to what the first steps need to be. Basically, just make sure TT, tabletop.to continues to run. You know, without any changes. It's like step one. It's just like, hey, let's just make sure it exists still. The question that is after that is, what can it become? after that and how to make it more efficient we have some disagreements which is that's fun right that's that that trying to figure it out stage is what's happening now um and it's interesting to see people's reasoning and and, and things like that and we'll come to a consensus consensus as a team to figure out what's going to end up happening uh but it's it's all fun and i i'm excited to see what that project becomes so it should be should be a good time and uh, as we get bigger updates I'll let you know. But everybody, thanks so thank you so much for watching. Be smart, be safe, and we'll see you Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at the Nova Open. And if you're playing in Italy, have a good time too. Gold Squadron out. <laughs>